Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Jesus said it's impossible that offenses are going to come. But woe to the person by which they come. In other words, if you cause an offense, do your best to fix it. Don't just say, well, it's my freedom in Christ. Too bad about you. You can't do that. Because we're a family of God. And because we're a family, we interact with one another. And so, as in any family, and by the way, friends, I want to tell you something about families. Anybody here that's been a family, some of you come from big homes, some of you come from small homes. But one thing I found, the best of families have fights. Amen? Never had that? You'll hear mom and dad out in the kitchen scrapping. You might hear brother and brother in the other room scrapping. You might hear brother and sister scrapping. I'd like to say as it gets older and as you get more used to one another, the problems have become less. Oh no. Oh contraire. (laughs) I believe the more we spend time sometimes around our siblings, sometimes the more we take them for granted and they say, well, they won't care. I remember my mom, she used to fight with the brothers all the time. She said, you know, the only place I could hide my candy where they wouldn't come in my bedroom and tear it apart was under their bed. <laughs> so it, it's amazing to me that, that we have relationships that we endeavor to have. People have visions of one another. And again, learning to see it. This is what we're reading about here today, friends. Learning to see it from God's perspective. Everybody knew the scribes taught the people this verse, but they didn't know what it meant. And I believe that as we endeavor to be a family of God, as we interact with one another, that we see it through God's eyes, maybe not just our own. In other words, well, I'm highly offended at that. Okay, well, you can be offended if you want. But that doesn't necessarily mean that maybe God's offended. It also may very well mean that your offense taken at that person could be caused by something else. So being a light bearer, being the salt of the earth, the salt, the stability. You know what salt and meat does? It stabilizes it. That's what beef jerky is all about. I love this stuff. But it stabilizes it so it doesn't spoil. Salt stabilizes. We also know light illuminates and causes you to see things. Let me tell you something. You get up in the middle of the night... You go to the bathroom. Your toes can find things that you didn't know were there. You will find shoes that you left. I found an ironing board one time in the middle of the night. I'm amazed. When you turn the light on, what does it do? It changes your perception of the room. Because it illuminates where things are. Friends, that's what we are to do in the world. You're the light of the world, salt of the earth. Stabilize, preserve, bless, flavor, also illuminate. So people see things in a different light than they saw before. You know, I believe that opportunities to witness are all the time. 
And you look at it like this, that you might go up and, and see somebody, maybe, uh, maybe uh, somebody that you love, had a loved one that died, as an example. I'm just kind of sharing you some things here that, that I found. And they'll go, why? Why? And you know, it is painful. It's painful to see somebody that you love lose somebody. And they ask the questions, why? And what would seem to be a very negative thing in sharing faith with somebody, turning the light on, putting the scripture or life or God's perspective in their eyes, saying, you know, that's true, and I don't know why. But have you ever thought about how short life is? Have you ever thought about how in, 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 in living and seeing life each day, how you need to be able to understand that when your day comes, you will know where you're going. And see, all of a sudden, you take this horrible death instance that they're grieving over the loss of Uncle Fred, to now they begin to think about their own mortality and their own issues concerning life and what the purpose of it is. So the people heard him gladly. Friends, I believe people hear gladly when they have the answers or the questions of life answered for them. And there's a lot of questions, friends, concerning daily life that people don't have answers for. I thank God for all of you kingdom seekers that really are looking for those answers, not only for yourselves, but then in turn you can communicate that to your kids and to others. I believe that's all very important. And so, he said to them in his teaching, verse 38, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes. Love greetings in the marketplace. The best seats in the synagogue and the best places at the feasts. Who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive the greater condemnation. Here Jesus is saying that be careful of fake religiosity. Those things that are done that look spiritual, but in reality aren't. I think in heaven someday, when we're all there, I think people are going to be pretty amazed at the people who are there and the people who are not. Because you see, uh, he's saying, he's warning, he said, be careful of that. Because people that go around trying to look super spiritual, usually there's a motive involved. You don't usually have to prove what you are. It's pretty much known. And, and, and the problem is we always come under attack for whatever it is that we stand for. Friends, you know that. In fact, when we get up into uh, chapter 14, you're going to find the leaders plotting Jesus' death. Now, how you can find the religious leaders of the day with the scrolls of Isaiah and the Psalms and all that sitting on their shelves... And at the same time, they're plotting to kill Jesus, or anybody else for that matter. Friends, to me, is beyond understanding. Shows you how dark people can really be. But this is the way that it is. And this is the way it's always been, whether you study the Old Testament, the New Testament, or even now. Just this is the way it is. Because you represent something that does not mix with the world. Just doesn't. Because your hope, your life, your genuineness flies in the face of counterfeit Christianity or counterfeit belief. Jesus says, beware of that. Beware of those that are out in the public strutting their religious stuff, trying to come across something 
more than they really are. Friends, remind you of this. The only righteousness that you and me have is what Jesus Christ has given us. Because we and ourselves are wretched sinners. Now, if you don't believe me, you think back before you came to Christ. And we pretty much did what we felt like doing without any thought, any regard to God. The Bible says we put on Christ. It's the same word that you would use when you would put a coat on. Like a, I always think of the, like the trench coat thing. You have the long coat and you, you wrap the coat around you. Well, that coat you wrap around you is the righteousness of Christ. That's what makes you righteous. I'm not righteous in myself. You're not righteous in yourself. But the righteousness of Christ is what we put on. That's why it says we put on Christ. So he's what makes us holy. He's what makes us right. So anything that I would be trying to do to make myself come across other than what I'm... And and, and what is the pretense that oftentimes these guys do? Oh, my children. You know, and you look at that. Or, or 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 the... Christian stare. Bless you, my child. I went to a Pentecostal church. And I remember the minister was up in front. Don't try this at home. Um, (laughs) But he was up going... And the Holy Ghost will come down now and bless you and yes. And he went on for like an hour that way. And I went out to church and he was in back shaking hands and I shook his hand. He said, well, it was very good to see you here tonight. And I go, you're not Italian? <laughs> Mamma mia. Do you know something I found, friends? There's a kind of a neat thing in being the same. And being who you are. You know, there's those that are heavenly with the heavenly and hellish with the hellish. And they don't know which one of them they like best. But you know, there's kind of a blessing in being the same. And endeavoring to do that, oftentimes people don't understand that. Because oftentimes people, especially even in ministers, expect a demigod. We come down in our little white elevator. I come out. Glory be to God. Here's your word for today. It don't happen that way for me. I have flat tires, just like you. I have washing machines that break, just like you. And you know what? I've learned to have to interact with this and with people as well. And we all do. And friends, that's okay. That's okay. Because whatever you are, I just want to encourage you, be what you are. And if you don't like what you are, then you'll know where to go to get help. And I think that's always a good thing to remember. You see, Jesus was warning about religious pretense. That which comes across one thing and does something else. Now, I'm not saying that we all don't have an element of that. And certain around certain people, I will be more real than I am around other people. But I've tried to be pretty real around all of you guys. I don't really have anything to hide. I mean, I'm just what I am. And I'm an idiot, but that's God uses idiots. Hey, aren't we glad about that? Somebody in the back saying... That's good news for me. You know, I mean, I'm glad. Because God has a way of using us in spite of ourselves. Hey, I read in the Bible about Balaam's donkey. Gives me great hope. 
Now, if some of you don't know about Balaam's donkey, that's when Balaam was going over the hill to curse the children of Israel. God told him not to go. And finally, because of his persistence, God said, okay, you can go. But then God wanted him to know that what he was doing was really wrong. And so on the narrow mountain pass, he begins to push Balaam up against the rocks. And pretty soon, Balaam, finally, the donkey just stops. And uh, he just begins to beat on the donkey. And the donkey turns around and says, haven't I always been a good donkey? What's really amazing is Balaam begins to talk back to his donkey. (laughs) And I realize that God uses us. Uses us in spite of ourselves. But one of the things you find here, Jesus warns, is he said, be careful because religiosity will, will, will kill who you are in Christ. You know, what people want today, friends, to see is real Christianity. They don't want to see perfection. You know, when people come to church, they go, I'd go to church, but I'm not good enough. Have you heard that one? I've heard that one a lot. But here's the problem. I have found that people aren't looking for perfection. They're looking for reality. And so if you've come in here today as a visitor, I want to say, first of all, you're welcome to be here. Second of all, what you're in a room for is a group, a room full of sinners saved by grace in the process of God's refining to make us more like him. Some of us have just begun. Some of us have been there for a while. You're going to find maybe more Christian traits in one than you may in another. Well, I thought somebody went to your church and I heard him cussing out the gas station man. Well, he's new. Oh, yes, I know. He's just got such a potty mouth. I don't know what to say. No, we don't do that. We just say, you know what? He's growing in the Lord. He's getting better. She's getting better. You know, that's, that's, that's the way, you, that's the way we, we, we work together. Getting back. Hey, we're a family, you know. Best of families have goofy brothers and sisters. And we have some here. I won't touch that. Okay. Notice verse 40. Who devour widows' homes for a pretense, make long prayers. They'll receive the greater condemnation. It's interesting that there's always that to pickpocket or money. Devour widows' homes. That's what it's talking about. They go in to take advantage of the widow who had an inheritance and take her money. So be careful. If you see somebody trying to manipulate money out of you, that's a pretty good indication there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with talking about what is God's and what is man's, which we find in the next few verses. Now Jesus said opposite the treasury, verse 41, saw how the people put money into the treasury and how many who were rich put in much. Then there was one poor widow who came and threw in two mites, which makes a a quandrous. Or literally, to just give you the the value of this, uh, back when they had blue chip stamps and green stamps. Okay, we won't go there. All right. On a coupon, like in the newspaper, it says cash value one-tenth of a cent. Uh, that's about what she put in. Imagine having an offering, passing it around, and she put in two coupons for 10 cents off on your next purchase of Nestle's hot chocolate. So he called his disciples and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor woman, this poor widow, has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put out from their abundance... But out of her poverty, she put in all that she had, her whole 
livelihood. Everything she had, she put in the offering. You know, God saw that. Friends, it isn't, friends, in the abundance of what we give sometimes. It's the heart in which we give. And Jesus here is clarifying this concerning those that under the pretense of religiosity comes in and devours widows' homes. And then interestingly enough, here comes a widow in, puts in the smallest, it'd be like dropping two pennies in the offering plate, and Jesus said she's put in more than everybody else. Now I think that's amazing. Because God sees it a lot differently than we see it. And so going back to where we first started, Seeing it the way God sees it. Another, one of the Gospels remarks on this, that she had put in very little. And Jesus said, no, I tell you the truth, she's put in more than you all. And and it's because God sees life differently than we do. We can be harsh, we can be critical, we can be judgmental. And God in His love says, listen, I want you to see it all from a different perspective. Friends, it's real interesting to see people that are... In the condition they're in. People say, well, they made their own decisions. Yes, that is true, and I agree to that. I also know that there are things that went on in their life that caused them to be in the condition that they're in. And rather than me being critical to reach out to them and say, look, I'm going to love you in spite of that. I want to be a fixer to try to make people's lives better than make their lives worse. I can sit back and judge them for the situation and the problems that they're in. And yes, many people have gotten the problems that they're in by their own foolishness. But not always. Sometimes it's the conditions and things that happen. Maybe their mom or dad died when they were a child and they were shipped off and no one ever really loved them. It's really easy to look at somebody maybe that isn't so beautiful and maybe hurt and maybe a little confused in life and and be critical of them. Or rather, we can say, Lord, I want to see this situation through your eyes. And you give me that same compassion that you had towards me when you found me. And friends, again, I believe seeing things through God's perspective changes everything. And you say, well, how do you have that? Well, first of all, I think we look through the eyes of his love. When we were yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. And so saying, Lord, okay, help me see. Through your eyes. If I see somebody in need, I see somebody hurt, and I, I have an inclination that there's a need, Lord, help me minister to that need, that I may be able to make this person's life better. Friends, I believe that. I believe that. As a family, I think we need to do that. Charity, the Bible says, begins at home. If it doesn't begin here, it'll never transcend outside these walls. And so understand the family that you have in Christ. Understand the blessing that you have. And may God give you the wisdom to be able to ask Him to say, Lord, help me see things through your eyes. You may be um, saying, well, Mike, I'm not a Christian. The only perspective I have in life is my own. And maybe up till today, it was the only one that really even mattered. Because, after all, I I do my own thing. All I can tell you is this. You need God's perspective. And you better have God's perspective concerning what life is. You better have God's perspective concerning what death is and what eternity is. And that changes when we ask God to come into our life to change the way we see life. That begins in a prayer. Where you surrender your will, your... See, we all define life. We all do. From our own eyes. 
This is what I'm going to do to make me neat. I'm going to get a diploma hanging on my wall. That, with the gold star, makes me something. A lot of people think that. It's a, a statement of my accomplishments. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not who you are. You see, we all try to, well, I drink crawl in the floor beer. Like the old saying, I was dancing pretty good till somebody stepped on my hand. But, you know, I, you know I, I, and, and Hollywood says that. If you drink this kind of beer, then you're going to be this kind of person. Or you drive this kind of car, you're going to be this kind of person. No, that's what the world says. That's how you're going to be defined. The Bible says you're defined by Christ. But it requires repentance to say, Lord, I put aside that foolishness. All that crazy stuff that I did to somehow make myself something. The friends I had, the things I owned, the the education I've got, all those things may be part of me, but they don't define me. And so from now on, I'm turning my life over to you, and I repent from defining life my own way, seeing it my own way. And from this day on, you be my Lord, you be my Savior. That's what being born again is. See, born again is getting God's perspective. But you won't have it unless you ask for it. And what keeps you from having it is your sin. Now you say, what's sin? What's sin? All the things you did that God didn't want you to do. All the things you did that you knew you were hurting yourself. That's what the Bible says. When we repent, we turn away from those things. We accept Him. So if you've never prayed and asked God to come into your life this morning, I'd like to invite you to do that. And let God have His perfect will in your life. You see, then you'll see it from God's eyes. When you see somebody do everything they can do, and even if it's only two cents worth, you know that they gave it out of their whole heart. Maybe whatever it is that they would do, that it would change the way you look at them to see them the way Jesus sees them. If you'd like to pray this morning, maybe you've been distant from the Lord and you want need to come back home, just invite you to pray and ask the Lord to bless you. So let's pray. If you want to get right with God, you just pray this. Mean it from your heart. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I invite you into my life today. I turn away from all the things that I've done in my life. Those things where I missed the best that you had for me. And I accept you now as Savior. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. And from this day forward, I just ask you to make me the best I can be for you. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Help me see life through your eyes. And thank you for eternal life. That I spend eternity with you. And so from this day forward, I put my life into your hands. Now make me the best I can be for you in Jesus' name. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. 
Don't forget, it's time to grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time. It's time.